Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio Wednesdays at 5pm for Brainwaves, Melbourne's drive-time radio show, giving voice to people with mental illness. One in five have a mental illness, but five in five can enjoy this great program featuring heartwarming stories, great information and some laughs as well. Find us at 3CR, 855 on your AM dial. Sponsored by Mental Illness Fellowship of Victoria. So welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR, 855 AM on the dial. And on today's show, we have Richard Hill, who is a speaker, also a trainer, psychotherapist, actor, and musician. Um, I first learned of Richard when I saw him doing a presentation on the curiosity approach, curiosity for possibility, and was excited to have him on our show. Welcome to Brainwaves, Richard. Thank you very much. It's a great pleasure to be with you I'm sort of up here and you're down there, but more or less through the brain. The waves of the air and the brain waves were all together. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm really happy that you um, agreed to come on. I wasn't expecting such a very prompt reply and I was really happy when you replied to me. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of practice what I preach, which yeah. is uh, possibility is what's exciting. And there's always, and that was, yours was a great one. I thought, wow, these people doing this work down here and uh, jump in, help out, be involved. I love it. Thank you, Richard. Um, how did this uh, idea for this theory, the curiosity for possibility, come about? It's been growing probably my whole life. Uh, and uh, what you do sort of as you get older, you sort of get wise and, and start saying things prolific and intelligent. Uh, that's, the, that's the idea anyway. Uh, but I did actually go back to university and start studying, and I ended up from my early career in, in acting and performing uh, which, of course, I still do, but it was just a career back then, uh, moving into interest in how things worked and why things worked. And what actually started uh, was I was thinking about the problem. You know, what, why, why are people so uh, restricted? Why are people unhappy? Why do people go to all these workshops and, and motivational things, and by the time they get back to their car, they're twice as miserable as they were in the first place. And, uh, you know, with all the stuff that we had going on, we should be better. And, in fact, the same statistics were for psychotherapy and counselling, that, uh, you know, like like people who who run 100 metres, I mean, they've improved by 20 or 30%, but counselling and psychotherapy, not at all. So I sort of started with the problem, which was my first book, of how the real world is driving us crazy, which is all about how external expectations uh, really make us affect the way the brain works so i thought what's the other side of that and in that book i started to think about i started to talk about the creative world because that's where i came from because i didn't experience a lot of this um this sort of negative thinking although i did experience expectations a lot gosh as an actor everybody was very happy to tell me how crap i was and uh so i then started to work through creativity and then through my through my neuroscience research and reading, and I started reading about curiosity, people started talking about it, and, and I've always imagined possibilities. And suddenly I found there was a whole framework that I could pull together in relation to uh, what we're currently aware of in neuroscience and actually look at how curiosity frames itself in our biology 
And I thought, wow, that's the thing we need. That's the thing is when I am acting the best. That's when I write my best songs. That's when I think of my best essays. Uh, so how do we actually generate this curiosity and where is it failing and what's it going? So all these questions, uh, and then I suppose over the last four or five years, I've been formulating it. And then, as I said, getting back to the first part of what I said in the, in, in the answer to the question, I suddenly realized curiosity has been the framework of my whole life. And what I did was I actually was making sense of my own life. So that's probably where it came from, which is a pretty good, I think, it's pretty nice if you're just not, in your head it's actually in your heart as well yeah that's very interesting that uh you mentioned curiosity as the key element of your studies and essays and research and you yourself said that you didn't have a lot of the negativity that uh, so many people around you were feeling that you had noticed mm. and that you had become so curious about the negativity as opposed to just focusing on yourself which was like what's going right for me i think it's really interesting that you first were curious about what's going outside of yourself yeah yeah that's a good point uh and uh, but also was happening in me as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I used to I used to go, wow. Sometimes I'd go, whoa. Where'd my curiosity go? I'm mm -hmm. I'm really in a hole here. What am What am I doing? Where, how did this happen? Uh, now back when I was acting, that was just uh, uh, that was just sort of like a negative creative hole. And and I don't know what we did. Maybe we went out and got drunk. I don't know. I don't know what we did. Uh, or we we. We sort of hugged each other, but we did all the things that are actually now theoretically being being brought out. We we just opened ourselves up to possibility. Mm -hmm. What else can it be? What else can we do? Whereas in this world where you have to win and succeed in order to be a good person, uh, and I say that meaning that shouldn't be right, but that's what it tends to be, is that when when you lose that that curiosity a lot, because you lose it because you're under this pressure. Yeah, I'll be curious later. Uh, but I, I, like when they go to school, when kids at school, I'd like to be curious about mathematics, but I'm too busy learning it so I pass my exam. And uh, so, yeah. you, you know, don't ask the questions that you're really interested in. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and in fact, I have an example uh, in, in one of my, my essays for university uh, where I went and looked at the neuroscience of education and there was a kid, you know, popping, popping his hand up, popping his hand up, you know, and the teacher actually said, this is a verbatim sort of uh, quote from the thing, um, you know, she said, uh, not now, uh, Johnny, I've got to get through this work. You know, so don't ask questions and be interested and be curious and, uh, and, and expansive. Sit down and learn the stuff. And so uh, that's one of the big problems in our education system is that it turns off curiosity and turns up this winner-loser uh, demand that, that I think actually is very, very, you know, not good for us at all. And um, I read the this curiosity approach is something you developed and it's actually being practiced by other therapists? Yeah, I've been uh, teaching this, I've uh, been lecturing about it and, and uh, there's, a few, there's a few specific sort of techniques that have come out of it that are, that are quite unique. Um, and interestingly, they're, um, uh, I mean, you could say that, that the curiosity approach has, has been around in the background, not really totally well understood or, or thought about, but has come out into techniques like sand play therapy and like creative work and role playing and uh, and psychodrama and metaphor therapy. Uh, and what is I'm a wordsmith. I'm a word person. So I've actually developed these um, these ways of using words. And what we found was that people kind of like those a bit more than the sand plays and the metaphor and the art therapy because they're not so 
uncomfortable with that, but no one was uncomfortable with words. We use those all the time. So we've been, I suppose I've been teaching it for about four or five years, and I've got to tell you, it was a freak out when I did a, a, a second or a third course in Melbourne, and there were a couple of people there who'd been there before, and one person put up their hand and said, now when I was using this with a client the other day, I nearly fell on the floor. I said, oh my God, someone actually listened. <laughs> wow. That was very exciting. So this theory um, is being used to improve mental health. Yeah. And so you're seeing a lot of positive impact? In my own practice. Yeah. Now, what, I, what we're doing now is we're really just starting to, to uh, bring it out and talk about it. You know, you know how people get a half-baked idea and go out there and swag it and everyone goes, well, that was good, and then it's a flash in the pan. Well, I didn't want to do that. So I've really been trying to get this right and to be right. Uh, and, uh, I mean, so far I've been using the, one of the techniques called arbitrary mental mapping. been using it now for about six or seven years. I've taught it for about four or five. Uh, there are other therapists use it, and there has never been a negative result in it. In fact, there's never been a, even a mediocre response uh, result in it. So now I'm going, yeah, this is right. So at the same time I'm doing these interviews and trying to talk to people and trying to put it out there verbally, I'm actually uh, we're writing the book about it now, which we hope will be out towards the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So fingers crossed that I don't procrastinate. <laughs> That's awesome, Richard. It sounds like you've got a lot of preparation going into this, which always gives an idea much longer legs. Um, I was wondering... Who do you think that the curiosity approach is really for? Like, who do you think would benefit the most from it? Everybody, basically. Uh, what it is is, is there's, there's two aspects of curiosity. I think this is, this is what I struggled with. Like, be curious. Like, you do something and you get curious. Uh, but actually, curiosity, it's like, like, uh, it's like hope, I suppose. Hope mm. is something you do, but it's also something you have. Or like happiness, or like love. Uh, love is something, like you do things because you're in love, but love is a state of being. And, uh, but this, this state of being, that, it's the state of being that we have. We also have a, a, a state of being of social engagement, which can be turned off, and it's turned off by stresses and worries and fears. Um, so when your sympathetic nervous system jumps in, you actually turn your curiosity off. We also turn off your social engagement. Because uh, if you fight in the saber two tiger, it's really not good to be curious about their teeth and mm -hmm. wondering whether they might have a date with you afterwards. I have a quick question just before you continue. Um, yeah. What's the difference between the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system as related to what we're talking about oh, today? Cool. Okay. So the sympathetic, the, 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 what you have is the autonomic nervous system, which mm -hmm. is um, the, the part that when the nervous system takes over uh, because of the situation you're in. Right. Now, the sympathetic nervous system is the one that takes over when the body considers you're in a, you're in a, you're in a situation of some danger. Now, this can be physical danger, saber two tiger jumping out mm -hmm. from behind the rock, or it can be social danger where you are going to do something where your tribe will reject you because, you know, back in the day when we were sort of evolving all our genes and things, ejection, you know, rejection by the tribe meant you were out and you probably died. So mm -hmm. both are mortal threat. And uh, so the sympathetic nervous system comes in to manage these, these dangers. But it's, um, there's Robert Sapolsky, the, the anthropologist who spent lots of time with baboons and sort of figured out all this stuff. He sort of said, we're designed for, like, the immediate, the immediate danger which we respond to. We're just not designed for the 30-year mortgage. And oh, so this lo long-term chronic uh, stress we have about measuring up and 
having enough money and being in the right job and being tall enough and short enough or fat enough or thin enough or whatever it is that we have to be. These external demands create a low chronic level of um, of stress and fearfulness, mm-hmm. which lead our sympathetic system to be on enough to turn off our uh, our sense of engagement. And that's one of the reasons why it's been really easy to market social networking, uh, because we've been cut off and we've lost that, so we've got a need, and so that's, that's how right. that sort of works. So the sympathetic nervous system comes in to protect you. It shuts down your social engagement. It shuts down your sense of concern for others. It draws your attention into the problem, so it cuts off your peripheral awareness and upregulates your, um, your energy levels and your cortisol, and away you go. The parasympathetic system is the system that comes in when the danger has passed to calm you down. Uh, and the big important thing is you don't have direct conscious control of either of those two systems. Whereas the social engagement system, you can pump yourself up and calm yourself down uh, with much more control. And that's a much newer system that we've got. Very interesting. So um, the curiosity approach, I'm assuming, would help activate the parasympathetic nervous system. No, what it actually does is it is it uh, takes you... Well, the, the sympathetic and parasympathetic sort of act in the background quite mm-hmm. a bit, but it actually... Uh, is a separate system. It generates you in toward the social engagement system, which is a different system. Again, it's, uh, we understand this from a thing called the polyvagal theory by a guy named Stephen Porges. But um, it means that the sympathetic, the sympathetic or the parasympathetic aren't uh, uh, strongly active at all. They're just doing their general sort of up and down activity in the background during the day. And it allows you to, to have the comfortableness to move forward, to move into things, because curiosity is all about future possibility. Curiosity is about where you're going. I've actually divided into three general areas that operate together. Like that. I don't want to, I hate reductionism, but we kind of have curiosity for what we don't know. Uh, like, oh, how's that work? Or, or what's the answer to that? Mm-hmm. That's the one that we principally think is curiosity, but that's only just one aspect. We then have curiosity for what can happen at any given time, and that's just called play. Hmm. So we have that. And the one that we've sort of relegated off to being staring at your navel and weird and only for people who haven't got a job is curiosity for possibility, (laughs) where we can find meaning, where we can find purpose, and where we can invent uh, an opening, where we can open doors to places that you didn't imagine before. Uh, Like, for example, you would say that someone like Einstein must have, or he was expressing that... uh, because he was when he was in a lift, uh, an elevator. You know, the old-time elevators where someone operated it by pulling a lever, and they're going down, and every time, of course, the elevator driver was not perfect, and they would sort of be a bit of a shudder at the bottom where they would bounce up and down a bit. Now, everybody else went into the sympathetic nervous system. Oh, my God, this is uncomfortable. I'm, this is dangerous. I'm not safe, and got huffy and grumpy and walked out. Einstein felt himself get heavier and get lighter and get heavier and get lighter, as his weight moved up and down, and he went, oh, this is interesting. Hmm, I wonder what this could possibly mean. Went out and did 75,000 blackboards full of mathematics and came up with the theory of gravity in 1905 and changed the world. Uh, Slightly different outcomes to exactly the same experience. One experience filled with the fearfulness of safety and, and, and anger or dissatisfaction and expectation, and the other one filled with possibility for something 
more than just the experience we're in. And this is where our mental health problems come in, I think particularly with young people, because a lot of what you hear is, so what's the point? Uh, so who cares? So what am I doing this for? Life sucks. Now that's people who are bouncing in the elevator and being unhappy, instead of going, wow, life sucks. Why is that? Where's that coming from? If it sucks, what if it doesn't suck? And how does it suck? And who's making me think it? Why do I think it sucks? Why does that guy think it sucks more than I do? Now, what if I sucked less? What if I made it worse? What if I made it better? What if, what if, oh, how about, and suddenly your brain changes, even while you're listening. I'm really excited about the possibility of um, this theory to improve mental health. So what do you think are your sort of future hopes with this theory? Yeah, I've just got to do the hard, I've, I've got to do the work. I think, don't I? I? I got to talk about it. I've got to be serious about it and, and not just be a motivationalist. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've got to say, the, the, here's some techniques. And we've actually come up with, uh, I, I've actually got the three, what I call the three essential uh, actions in life. And you, first of all, you've got to ignite the curious mind. Shift yourself out of these, these um, fearfulnesses. And we do that by going, by being interested, by going, oh, I wonder, or that's interesting. And not that's interesting, you know, in the way we, you know, that's interesting, but uh-huh. that's interesting. Uh, like when you were pressing all the buttons before with the recording and trying to get it, <laughs> yeah. there, was a, there was a strong pressure on you to go, this is bad, this is wrong, yeah. this is failing. Uh, but now I get you to reflect on it. I have a reflection on it. So that was interesting. I pressed that, and I pressed that button, and suddenly this other person came on the line. Mm. Wow, what the hell was that? Yeah, uh, it was very exciting when it worked. <laughs> yeah, and it was really cool. We, you laughed with a certain amount of embarrassed fearfulness, <laughs> but wouldn't it have been fun just to go, wow, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> look what I just made. Yeah. It's wrong, and it's not helpful, so I have to go away and we'll do something else. Uh, so you ignite the curious mind, and it's difficult in a world that says, this is what is interesting, and this is what is interesting, and what you think is interesting uh, isn't interesting, which is just dumb. Yep. I mean, what you think is interesting, what you think is what you think. Then the second one is almost everything we experience in the outside world is just the, the alarm bells, just the, it's the, the, the gross example. Like, like, for example, three times a day you say, I'm hungry. Well, what for? You know, what vitamins, what minerals? You don't know what the details are. It's just, it's just a gross expression of a whole bunch of really important things. So the problem is almost always a message about something else. And then mm-hmm. the third one, once you sort of got, oh, I see what this is about, and I like, like you were getting worried about the buttons because you were worried about whether Richard Hill would be one of these fussy fellows <laughs> who gets things. And then that's reasonable because I know a lot of people are. Then you find out that he's as crazy as you are. <laughs> everything's fine. <laughs> and the third one is, what do I create out of this? Where do I go? What's new? What's more? Uh, and it might be really simple, like, I think I'll do that again. Or it might mm. be the theory of gravity. So yep. those are the processes. Mm. So I need to get out there and teach. I need to write my book. Uh, and I need to convince people that I'm, you know, my ideas aren't stupid and that they're trustworthy. And then I, that's my job. Then, of course, what I hope other people do is go, like you've done, that was cool. I want to talk about that again. I want to talk about that with my friends. I want to. I want to spread the news. So, I, if it's a good idea, it will. It will. It will grow, and spread. Yeah, 
as I'm sure it did for me when I first heard your presentation and everyone else who was um, there yeah. as well. They were very excited. And well, I'm that really encourages excited me. You know, yeah. That makes me think I'm not, a, not a, as many as my wife thinks. Well, I can tell you, Richard, this is the first I've heard about it, but it sounds like a beautiful theory and actually very attractive and sounds very fun to practice, actually. And play is an enormous part of it. I'm, I, I'm annoying to walk down the street with <laughs> because the world is so exciting. Oh, my God, look at that shadow. Is that a shadow? Was it a shadow? Is that a person? Look at that dog over there. Oh, hey, how are you going, ma'am? I want to be... And I'm doing voices and seeing dogs, and then I'll be walking along and I'll say, Oh, Susie, here's a thing for the book. And then... But she actually is used to it and loves it and does the same stuff. Uh, you know, people say to me, I'm bored. And I think, you're kidding. Right. <laughs> look out the window but we're not taught to look out the window what lunik's beautiful uh cartoon where the the his character sitting watching the a sunrise on the the television set and there it is occurring out the window but he's not looking out the window so we've got those issues of of who are we in space uh and there's a it, it also is bringing up a big philosophical question if curiosity has to be reintroduced into our culture where has it gone and why has it mm. gone? Mm, and that's what question. the win or lose a world yeah. theory is about as well. Definitely, yeah. And I was actually just thinking about that along a different term because uh, the way that you're talking about experiencing life th through curiosity sounds very much like a young child going around the world. Yeah, yeah. And curiosity for what you don't know and curiosity for play, very much in that sense. But when it shifts into curiosity for possibility, it's moving towards wisdom and it's mm. moving mm. towards increasing your depth. This is when you look at it. So you get a little kid who's doing something. Oh, wow, look at how this works. And they're playing around. And then suddenly with their Lego or with their putty or something, they invent something amazing. And my favorite story that covers that idea is, is the little kids and they're all drawing and the teacher comes around so Ken Robinson tells this story. It may not be true, but it's, it's a lovely story nonetheless. And comes around and saying, you know, what are you drawing? Oh, I'm drawing the, my backyard. And, oh, I'm drawing the, my dog. And, and comes around and says to the girl, what are you drawing? And she says, I'm drawing God. Ooh. <laughs> and the teacher says, oh, darling, I, I, don't think, um, I don't think anyone knows what God looks like. And so she just looks up and says, they will in a minute. <laughs> and that's a little movement. She's saying, no, it's possible. It's possible. Now, another kid would have gone, oh, oh, I can't draw God. Okay, I'll draw something else. That wisdom of I am individually capable is, is something people have to fight for, and we don't know we have to fight for it. And sometimes we suddenly find ourselves in the teens, and we haven't learned that, that it, you can fight for your own individual state. So what we do is we give up. And mental health is, is that confusion because giving up is not normal, is not natural. Uh, and so mm. being defeated um, defeats you. Yep. And it's a dynamic, you know, it's, it's the rabbit hole. That's a very good um, explanation for how things are going wrong with mental health. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's other stuff as well, but, yep. you know, obviously, but, yep. but, but that's one of, the, one of the big issues. And, you know, in this external world saying you should be this and you should yep. be that, I mean, I don't know whether you've heard other people say it, but I say, you know, don't shoot on yourself. It, it, it's, um, mm. you know, yeah. this could or this might. 
uh, you know, some, the other one is I don't care. I said, mm. don't say that. Say, I don't mind. You are the president of the um, Global um, Association of Interpersonal Neurobiology. Yep. That's a big of a mouthful. <laughs> can, can you tell us um, about what interpersonal neurobiology is? Well, interpersonal neurobiology is a field of investigation uh, and really started up by a guy named Dan Siegel. Um, there's a few others, Lou Cozzolino, Alan Shaw, and, and a few other, Stephen Porges there. And it really is investigating the neurobiology that occurs across the space between people and how if we think of our, our brains as an interconnected, engaging thing, so as we have our own brain and, and mind, but that the relationship we have with other brains and minds is vital to our existence uh, and, and mental health, then the, and so we follow that thinking and we look at the research and understanding of that. And I just got involved with it. And um, as you can see, I'm a slightly keen uh, Vegemiter. And so after I've been involved about seven or eight years in the organization, and, and, and sometimes you just end up as president. I'm not sure, but, but, <laughs> but it's nice to think that I'm seen as a sort of a, a senior, you know, sort of an elder. <laughs> I laugh. I, I, I am 60, but I do think, uh, as you were saying, uh, uh, I, uh, I seem young in my thinking, so I think of myself as 20. But, uh, yeah, I'm a bit of an elder now, so that's cool. Oh, and um, the last question um, that I have, you are the founder and director of the Mind Science Institute. Yeah. And it sounds like a great information hub for mental health. Can you tell us what it's about and what you hope to achieve with that? Yeah, I mean, the Mind Science Institute is, is, uh, is sort of a, a something I set up to give myself a... a a, a base, a form in which people could grab it. It's sort of uh, evolving as we go. I did. We spent a little bit of time. I haven't done it for a little while. Where I was interviewing people variously around the world to give that uh, to give that connection. I've actually just started a program that's sort of evolving out of that called Your Amazing Brain 3.0, mm. uh, and this is uh, an information thing about about the brain. Uh, I have to charge a bit. I'm doing a subscription thing, but I charge like five bucks a month mm. uh, to come in and get something every week. But there's some free stuff on the web if people want to check it out. That's, yep. So it's youramazingbrain30.com because uh, I couldn't put all those dots in. Mm. So that's an emergent thing as well. Yep. Uh, and the other, pro my, my feeling is that everything requires connection. So I love connecting. So something like this like you'll do this uh the, the you'll put it out i'll yep. do a link for it it'll go people in the mind science institute will look at it people in my youtube will look at it people mm. on facebook will look at it and that's how we spread better minds and brains by by saying that connection is normal and engagement is normal and that's the beautiful thing that we want to do i really like the sound of that yeah <laughs> it's been excellent connecting with you richard um you can listen to podcasts of our show at brainwaves.org.au and download from itunes feel free to send us feedback or suggestions for shows via, via email at brainwaves at myfellowship.org thanks for listening and be sure to tune in to 3cr next wednesday at 5 p.m for another episode of brainwaves You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.